Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on this afternoon. Hope everybody's doing well. If you're listening to this, you're listening to uh, my next interview, and I'm lucky to have uh, Josh Carney on the show. And Josh is the creator, founder, CEO of The Stunt. Uh, thanks for joining me, Josh. Hey, thanks for having me, Bobby. Really appreciate it, buddy. Absolutely. Well, Let's go ahead and just dive into your background and your sports background and everything. Oh, yeah. So um, sports background-wise, it's kind of funny because I have, like, this uh, not necessarily secret, but let's say, like, my, you know, my Bruce Wayne Batman identity that I had for a, a long time um, while I was building my career um, in marketing where I was uh, a Fortune 500 executive at, at a few different companies um, and, and building multiple different marketing agencies and doing a lot in that world and building one of the largest agencies for financial education. Um, well, I did that for years and years on the side i was actually uh, a fantasy football analyst uh, for several years and um ended up with a uh, fantasy football show out, out in jacksonville florida uh, with uh, co-host mike dempsey on the espn affiliate for around six years and was picked up by the jacksonville jaguars to handle their fantasy football show on television that they did and did that for around six years and then spent two years on um, on Sirius XM as a fill-in co-host on Football Diehards and um, appearing across multiple shows across Sirius XM Fantasy 89 for uh, for roughly around two years before I finally decided to uh, to hang it up because my my career had just had bloomed so big and it was just too difficult to keep uh, doing both at like an ultimately high level. So I hung up the uh, bat cape and uh, just went with the Bruce Wayne suit for, uh, for the rest of my career. But now fortunately that kind of experience and background launched my, um, my, my, my newest venture and um, has been really the most exciting thing of my career so far. That, that, that sounds like a lot. To, to how are how are you able to handle juggle both of those at the same time? That's incredible. Um, just uh, it, just not sleeping. I guess I don't know. It was <laughs> it was it was a lot. Um, you know, you're you're you know during the day you are you know you're an executive, you're a marketing guy, you're coming up with um, you're coming up with strategies and 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 working your butt off just to be. Um, you know, to take a company to the next level and, and, you know, you're focused, super hyper focused. And then at night you're, you know, coming home and you're turning on, you know, sports center and you're listening to podcasts and you're doing deep, you know, analytical research and you're building like your own analytical spreadsheets to track players. And, you know, you're studying during the off season and you're spending crazy amounts of time, you know, doing draft analysis. And then, you know, you know, really just the love of, you know, football for myself and the love of fantasy football specifically really just bled into me being able to naturally talk about it. Um, and it just so happens that, you know, I was the guy also in my, you know, in my office who would close the door and I had sports radio up all day, every day anyway, in my office. So some people listen to music. I was listening to sports radio every day. And I was the guy who here, you know, in, in Jacksonville was, you know, before I ever became an actual analyst, you know, I still played in like 15 different fantasy football leagues at the time and would rant, do random drafts and would mock drafts for weeks, you know, beforehand. And I loved it so much. 
but then I was the guy also calling into the radio station all the time. And that ended up getting me relationships at the radio station. And, um, you know, just the right opportunity came up where, you know, I was introduced to, to Mike, who, by the way, is still probably one of the, I'd say, top five fantasy guys in the United States. Still to this day, co-host, you know, he, and he co-hosts football diehard with Bob Harris. He's, you know, he did the run with MJD show on Sirius XM. He he's, does the pregame for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He still has a show, the Jaguars Today Show in Jacksonville. Um, you know, my friendship with him opened the door to where he realized that my love of fantasy sports came from my analytical nature and, and just my, my overall passion that this was something that I wanted to do when I wasn't working and I wasn't, you know, heads down in an office. He just gave me that opportunity um, to come on and, and do a show with him and that launched my whole kind of fantasy career. And so from then, to be honest, Bobby, it was, yeah, you I didn't sleep much. I worked a lot and there was, you know, a lot of time put into to being great because any fantasy analyst has to be able to back up, you know, what they're saying and they have to be able to be right most of the time or you're going to, you know, be cast out of the industry pretty quickly. But it was just the love that I had of the sport itself and it felt like it was my hobby. And so I just figured out a way to turn my hobby into something that also made me money. And that was really the start of it. And honestly, that whole experience that I had through getting discovered and having the show and then moving on to national exposure and all of that really is what kind of led me to, you know, this project here, you know, with, with stunt and, you know, the thought process that so many people out there were just like me who love sports and, and they, you know, they, they, they sleep it, they breathe it, they eat it constantly. And yet nobody ever hears their voice. Nobody ever sees them. Nobody ever gets to interact with them. They're tweeting to like three people um, because it's so difficult to get content discovered. And, you know, I, I knew what that was like back then. And it just took one person to really discover me. And all of a sudden, boom, you know, I ended up on national radio. And so, you know, part of my you know, that history has helped me to want to build something that allows for people to have their voice heard, which I know we'll dive into, but that's kind of the the answer to how did you do it? Well, I was going to do it anyway, Bobby, regardless. I was still going to play in all those leagues. I was still going to do all the research because I wanted to win. And so it just so happens that, you know, it, I just had an opportunity presented to me to be able to do it uh, for other people and talk to them about it. And so, yeah, that's how I did it. I, I love that as as somebody who's trying to do the same thing on the college football side in that world I absolutely love hearing that story and just it, it it's a it, it keeps you going like obviously I, I produce a ton of content as much as I can every day and like to hear your story about hey just keep plugging along keep plugging along it's if it's meant to happen it's gonna happen somebody's gonna notice it it's it's a it's a great thing. And, and I uh, applaud you for that perseverance. That's for sure. Well, you know, it's funny. Cause like I said, it, it didn't feel like, and, and, and granted the, the work that came later definitely did feel like it, but early mm -hmm. on, it didn't really feel like I was even trying to necessarily be discovered. It was, I was calling into the radio show, you know, to drop my hot takes and make some people laugh and give my opinion or tell somebody they were wrong. But I think the same thing that we would do, you know, like if you're sitting at a, on a bar stool or you're sitting in someone's living room, you know, mm -hmm. like you're, you're in the same way that you just naturally talk sports with people, you know, that's what I was doing. And then, you know, I started realizing that 
you know, maybe I actually, you know, know a little more than I probably should <laughs> about, you know, about fantasy sports. And that just led to an opportunity because I was going to talk about it anyway. And I think that's the big thing about sports. And I think that's why, you know, sports creators are just so awesome. It's because just like you, you're, you know, you're just a guy who genuinely loves college football and loves football in general, loves sports in general. And so being able to just talk about it, regardless, if, if I told you, you're never going to make a dollar from sports for the rest of your life, would you still love sports? And would you still talk about sports? And would you still do all this stuff? Of course you would. Mm -hmm. Because it's a part of you. And, you know, it's a part of what you love. And I, I think that's the that's the key is, you know, if you can, if you love something and you're going to talk about it anyway, you know, eventually, if you can figure out a way to, you know, turn that passion into a way for you to either monetize or, you know, grow your following or even just like influence other people or motivate other people. You know, you've done something really special and or even entertain other people. And so. You know, I applaud you for the work that you're putting in and, and, and the grind that it takes to, to continue to grow your content and the best, you know, advice I can give based on my own experiences. You're going to talk about it anyway. So just keep loving what you're doing and, you know, don't necessarily worry about the end goal as much as you worry about just living in the moment to enjoy hmm. the fact that you're talking about sports. Right. And you're going to you you're going to either be doing that with your buddy in your living room. Or you're going to be doing it in front of a microphone. Either way, you're going to be talking about it. So take the advantage of the microphone and just record the conversation. And that conversation is going to be had either way. And that gives you the opportunities to maybe get in front of the right person or the right, you know, network or the right, whatever, um, the right sponsor or whatever, and allows you to potentially monetize on your content. So that's just, you know, the way that I would say, keep going and don't stop because your love of sports is the reason you're even doing this. That that's so true. And I absolutely agree with you. I think that's a great segue into uh, the next topic, like about the the stunt. And I guess let's talk about what is it and what kind of made you want to create it. Yeah. So, you know, simply put, um, what we're building here at Stunt is um, the world's first major social media platform for just sports content. Um, and, you know, I, I don't say that lightly. And there's a reason why I, I put the world, uh, the word, you know, major on the beginning of that sentence. And the reason why is to give you a little background, you know, like I told you, I, I had, you know, um, the opportunity to be a, a national fantasy football analyst and, and to, to have a radio show and TV show. And yet even throughout all of that, I realized just how difficult it is to get your content in front of people. And then roughly the reason is, is because, um, there is so much content being created on a daily basis in every capacity, not just sports, right? I mean, uh, I don't know about you, but my Twitter is just absolutely ridiculous nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, the, the algorithm shows me stuff that I literally have no idea um, why it's showing me that and or where it's coming from and or you know what the purpose behind me seeing that content is but um you know the content that i actually want to see the which is 90 percent sports and sneakers by the way that's really those are my two things <laughs> um ends up getting buried underneath tons of political stuff and yep. ends up getting buried underneath lots of viral moments um you know weird videos tiktok stuff memes and then i see a sports tweet or I see a, you know, a sneaker tweet when I'm already late on it. And so 
that frustration with how social media has really just turned into this really cesspool of overstimulating content um, got me thinking. And it got me thinking a lot too because um, I had I was consulting on a, on a, a very large project that was trying to bring um, the idea of Twitch to the world of financial education. Like I mentioned, I, I built one of the nation's largest marketing firms in the financial education sector. And so I got asked to consult on this project. And through all of my research on content creation tools and Twitch and, and really the way that creators make money, how people get discovered, how the platforms make money, it really started you know, uh, firing in my brain why in the world we did not have any content creation platform specific for sports lovers and you know fantasy analysts and you know uh, and commentators and athletes and all these different people I, I just could I just couldn't figure out why and then you know through my learnings discovering how hard it is to build one of those platforms obviously came to the forefront as to probably the biggest reason why that didn't exist and so I, I basically locked myself in my office and I spent two weeks um, designing and building the architecture of what a platform would look like if um, we were to build a true social media platform for sports people. What type of content should be on there? Um, you know, what features should be on there for sports lovers? Like, what do sports fans actually care about? What are the social media platforms we use? How do we get rid of all the other types of junk content out there and just have guys and girls talking about sports, talking about their teams, you know, dropping sports news, you know, interacting with athletes? And, and what would this whole platform look like? And, you know, I, I didn't sleep <laughs> basically for two weeks. And my my wife was like, can you please put down your computer for like five seconds? And, and I, you know, I just couldn't because I was just in the zone of building this idea. And when I got done with it um, and I had this architecture done and this whole idea flushed out and, and had this whole you know thing like what it would be, I decided to send it to somebody that I trusted a lot. And, and his name is Arnold Connell. He was the uh, ex-senior lead developer at Google. And he was responsible for creating YouTube television. So this is a guy who I just happened to be, you know, um, working on a project with, a separate, a separate project that I was consulting on and he was consulting on and we met through that. And it became obviously a, a major, you know, a network connection for me immediately because a guy of that magnitude who's accomplished, you know, built a billion dollar platform and has, you know, been at the highest level at Google and um, worked on, on multiple other really Fortune 500 high level type projects and companies, you know, this guy gets it. Right. If, right. I, if I could ask any developer in the world, that would be a guy I'd want to ask. And so I asked him, I said, hey, can I send you an architecture doc and you tell me whether or not this is something that should even be pursued? And I sent it to him and before 24 hours could pass, um, he came back and said, I will drop everything and build this with you. And, you know, when you get a guy of his level, <laughs> uh, of his, you know, like of his fame and, and, and of, you know, his caliber of talent telling you, let's do this. 
um, you start getting a little excited, um, especially as a, you know an entrepreneur and a founder and somebody who's built some you know some other successful things. So you think your level of success might be you know different than somebody who's built a billion dollar platform. And when they tell you, no, this we need to do this, that gets you really motivated. So immediately, um, we started you know securing talent and funding. And we started working on this project. This was literally three months before the Super Bowl, um, uh, of this last Super Bowl here that, that just took place in February. Um, and so we started building this three months before the Super Bowl with the goal of launching the first version of a sports-based social media platform at Super Bowl. And we worked our butts off, I mean, 24-7, no lie. I mean, 24-7, we put into this to build like this MVP-like product um, that would go into like a closed beta. And sure enough, we launched Super Bowl week. Um, at the Super Bowl, we went out there. Um, we had a few different um, you know, spokespeople who got involved. And we actually brought on several people onto our equity board of advisors, including Mark Schlereth and, and Mike Silver, Trey Wingo, Michael Irvin, and all these guys found out what we were building and they wanted to get involved. And that's uh, the second thing that made me realize this was, this was, you know, a great idea because you got a guy like Michael Irvin who's like, I want to be in, involved in this or, mm -hmm. you know, Mark Schlereth and Trey Wingo, Mike Silver. These guys all have mass success and they're like, this is the next big thing. So getting them involved and bringing them on got us to a point where we were like, okay, now we've got, you know, we, we can tell a few people about it. So at the Super Bowl, we, we told, we used them and their networks. We told a few people. We got our first, um, I don't know, we got our first like 500 downloads within like a day. And, you know, then we turned off marketing because we're like, you know, we can't tell anybody else because this is, <laughs> we didn't even know how the platform was going to run, right? Like we had only been working on it for three months where most, most platforms build for two or three years mm -hmm. before they let their, before they let users on. We're three months. And the, the coolest thing, one of the coolest things I've ever done in my career was um, Mark Slareth and I live commentated the second half of the Super Bowl to like these first early users. And we're talking Mark Slareth did full Fox style commentary. <laughs> like it was awesome. It was so cool. He was breaking down like plays and calling the player, explaining exactly what was going to happen and doing all this stuff that he can't even do on Fox. And it was, it was such a cool moment. I just remember we had, we had, you know, I think about a hundred people come in the room and you know, this is all in like super beta test mode, right? Like, and they're in there and I have all these people saying that was like the coolest thing that I've ever seen. And that was when we got even more motivated to know that, okay, this is, this is something that could be pretty special. And so we started, we kept working at it and that's where we are now. So we are still kind of in this closed beta mode um, where we're not doing really any advertising. I mean, I talk about it on a few podcasts and our spokespeople talk about it occasionally on their social medias, but we're not doing any type of major marketing spend as we finish building out our features. But right now you can download um, Stunt in the App Store if you search the Stunt. And um, you can download it and get on like really, really, really early and kind of be one of the first users who are interacting with all these diehard sports fans who have downloaded it. And basically, it's going to not necessarily replace because I hate to use the word replace it. There, no social media platform can be quote unquote replaced, but it's going to give you the best parts that you love of Twitter 
with just sports tweets. It's going to give you the best parts you love of like YouTube shorts or TikTok, but just sports videos. It's going to give you the best parts that you love of like Twitter live spaces or Clubhouse, but it's just sports rooms. And it's going to give you the opportunity instead of tweeting to your, you know, four followers that you can't get more people to follow you and you're just sitting there tweeting to nobody. You could literally come over here on stunt and talk about sports and get interacting with 500, 1,000, 1,500 people on an active basis where you're like, you know, the, all these people love sports like I do and they're actually seeing my content and they're commenting on my content and they're liking my content. Um, and that was really the goal is to be able to let people come over and grow big networks of fans and other people that they love. And, and that's, you know, our ultimate goal of what we're trying to build. And so, you know, I tell people all the time, imagine if you could have been on TikTok in beta, like imagine what that would have been like when you could have been the first, like in the first 10,000 users on TikTok or the first 10,000 users on Twitter. Like, what would your social media profile look like right now? Right. Like, how, how well-known would you be right now? And that's really, to be honest with you, that's kind of the opportunity um, that we're giving people that are finding out about us through these little channels and through, you know, friends of friends who are on there. Um, all the people that get on right now are going to be the core, you know, foundation of the platform that as this thing grows to 100,000, 500,000, a million users – you know, they're going to be in the early stages. They're going to be the ones that have the most followers, the most likes on their content, et cetera, because they're going to be here early. And they're going to also help us shape really the future of the platform of what it's going to become. And so, you know, there are a lot of things behind the dev wall that we have building right now, like some really amazing features that I could get into. But, you know, the, the overall scope of the platform is a place where you can escape the, the cringe of TikTok, the political side of, of Twitter, and just come somewhere to talk about sports and have other people here to want to do the exact same thing. And that's kind of the basis of, of what we developed and what we're working on and continuing to build. As somebody who was presented with this, the, with the platform, like a month and a half, two months ago, I would say, when I first looked into it, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I, I, I loved it. So to all my listeners, I, I just want to tell you, this is this is a really, really great thing that, that Josh has built here. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a ton of fun moving forward. I'm so glad that I was able to join the infancy stages of it and just kind of grow uh, along with with the stunt. I mean, it, it, I, I personally will say this is it's been a blast being a part of it. And, uh, man, we we've loved having you. We, uh, all of our all of our kind of core early users that are on here. It's just been so fun um, to interact with them and, and, and get feedback, and you know, have them try out new things and new features. And it's it's really been a a great experience. And that's kind of where we are now, where we're looking for this kind of second wave of this beta um, to take off here soon. Like I said, most platforms, they wait two years before they onboard any users. Um, we don't want to do that. We want to be the opposite of that. We want people on the platform while we build. And the reason is, is because, you know, we want sports lovers to have the features and things that are important to them 
built into our development plans. And that's really what we're doing. So just so you guys know, one of the other big key motivations for us that we're going to be launching here over the next few months, and it sounds kind of funny, uh, but it's one of our slogans. Um, One thing that got a lot of people excited is we also realized that a lot of athletes and retired athletes and, and, you know, a lot of um, uh, spokespeople and, uh, and commentators, all of them, have been looking to figure out how they can monetize content. You know, how can they monetize it? How can they figure out how to, you know, make a living after they're done playing or after they're done commentating or whatever? How can they, you know, utilize their networks to to, to earn a living and entertain? Same thing with the fantasy community or the sports betting community, et cetera. Like, how can they monetize their knowledge? And so, you know, we we looked really hard into that whole aspect and. It sounds funny, but we are legitimately building the only fans of sports. Um, and and that's, that's the best way I can describe it to you, where our users will be able to build premium paywalls um, for specific content. So, like, for example, um, you know, you're a, a retired athlete with a huge following, um, and you say, you know what, I'm going to hang out and watch my old team play a game and I'm, uh, you know, who wants to come hang out with me and live chat with me and maybe I'll invite you up on stage to talk to me or, you know, we can have conversations with the live chat, I'll answer questions, I'll call the game, uh, but it's only for my premium subscribers. So fans of that person could potentially subscribe to their channel and have a premium experience with one of their favorite former athletes or maybe it's a fantasy analyst and, and, you know, I dealt with this for a long time too, trying to figure out, you know, how do you monetize your knowledge hey, I've got my rankings or I've got my start sits on Sunday morning. You can come into a private room with me and it's just my hardcore followers and I'll answer every start sit question for you to help you beat your friends. And, you know, it's just, you know, X amount of dollars per month. The same thing that we see on OnlyFans and we see how there is, you know, a front end free side of certain content and then a premium side for the content that they want behind that paywall. We're bringing that without the... You know the 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 adult nature side uh-huh. of what OnlyFans has become. Instead, this is just for sports, and um, you know we saw that there was a massive opportunity for that, especially within you know most social platforms make you go off sites or make you subscribe to a third party service to be able to you know take advantage of something like that. We want to bring that native into the social experience so that you can still have your community interaction. You can still post all the free content you want. You can host all the free live rooms you want, live video streaming, live audio streaming, you know, all of your your takes and your sparks, which is basically our tweets and our short form videos. You can do all of that stuff. And then if you decide that your community can be monetized for premium experiences, you have that opportunity. And we thought that was a massive hole in the market, and that's something that will um, uh, go live here within most likely the next 60 days. That's awesome. I love hearing that. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, we are. Our little slogan is it's underdog picks, not underwear picks. Right. And so <laughs> that's, that's kind of what we're building. Yeah. I love it. Well, Josh, it's been a pleasure having you on talking about the stunt and just the amazing things that you're doing there. Thank you for joining me. Oh man, it was a blast. I look forward to, uh, look forward to hanging out with you and seeing more on the, uh, on the platform itself. And, uh, anytime you'd like me to come back on, I'd be happy to join. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you to all my listeners who tune in. Uh, it's a pleasure to bring you guys these interviews. Uh, everybody have a good day. God bless.